Welcome to Take the Reins, women championing women's leadership, mentorship, and well-being. Join co-host Kim Barbaric, the Executive Director of Career Development and Success at Ryder University, and Erin Barnard, Program Coordinator and former Admissions Counselor on their mission to amplify Ryder women's voices and help guide the next generation of Ryder women. Stay tuned for their hot takes and expertise with Take the Reins right now. This is 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com, and this is Take the Reins, a podcast broadcast celebrating the stories and achievements of writer women. We are your co-hosts, Erin Barnard and Kim Barbaric. This podcast broadcast is brought to you by the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council. The Women's Council is a community of diverse, accomplished women who champion advancing women's leadership, mentoring, and philanthropy. We are so excited to bring you insights and interviews with alumni, students, faculty, and friends on topics including mentoring, leadership, health, financial well-being, and challenges women face today. We're going to start off our episode today with a little bit of podcast news. We have a new host. Welcome, Kim. Kim Barberick is the Assistant Vice President of career development, engaged learning, and leadership here at Ryder. And she's going to be taking on the Women's Leadership Council this year and will be our new co-host for Take the Reins. So welcome, Kim. Thanks so much, Erin. I appreciate that welcome. Today's guest on the podcast is Andrea McLean. Andrea is a graduate of Ryder's Master's Program and a Certificate in Life and Career Coaching from Ryder. Kim, why don't you give us some intro information about Andrea? Sure, we have a really impressive guest here with Andrea. Andrea leads the global consumer care compliance capability for one of the world's leading beauty companies. Uh, She is an internal executive coach for a dedicated women's leadership program within that company and is co-chair of the North America chapter of the Women's Leadership Network Employee Resource Group. As a champion for women's advancement, she is a mentor with Women Unlimited Incorporated, and the reason she's here today, she is part uh, of the Ryder University Gail Birnbaum Women's Leadership Council. She is also a board-certified life, career, and executive coach with over 25 years of leadership of executive leadership experience in global roles for major multinational companies. Uh, As Erin mentioned, she obtained her master's degree in organizational leadership from Ryder University and an undergraduate degree in chemistry from the University of West Indies. She is an ICF member, holds coaching certificates from Ryder University and the CAPP Institute, and is a Thinkers 50 High Impact Coaching Enhanced Practitioner. She is obviously passionate about diverse women becoming their best authentic selves and founded the ACM Coaching Group. Um, And we're gonna let her talk a little bit more today about how she uh, views coaching, uh, including her um, blend of mindful listening and powerful questioning um, and her approach to making women more confident in their roles. Um, And finally, she is a four-time published author and creator of two online coaching courses. So lots to talk about today. We're really excited. Thanks for joining us today, Andrea. Um, After hearing all that, my first question is, are you tired? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's just my pleasure being part of this writer community and being a guest on this show. 
Am I tired? Sometimes, yes, I am. But I, I think I have a healthy dose of energy. You must. Um, um, yeah. So let's start by learning a little bit about your career path. So you're leading a global team right now. Um, how did you come to be in this leadership position? I've, I've worked for global companies my entire career. So it's just kind of evolved where, you know, I would probably start out leading a team for North America. And then because the function is global, I would then have people in different places across the globe. So it started actually when I was with American Express. I had teams in South Florida, I had teams in India, and so I you know, had the opportunity to travel and to get to meet with them as well. Um, and then here you know, at my current company um, at Estee Lauder, I am able to you know, have interface with people all over the globe in every region, but I have team, team members specifically in um, the UK, here in North America and you know work with some folks to get things done in Asia although I don't have a direct report there. Wow. Um, how do you approach leading such a diverse team? My approach to leadership is really making sure everyone feels that they can get heard and being empathetic, trying to draw out ideas because as you can imagine with different cultures mm. that some cultures are more reserved they're not gonna be the first to speak up. You know, in the Western culture, you know, maybe we're saying, oh, let's do this, let's do this, but somebody might have a great idea and you have to give them an opportunity and kind of draw them into the conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, to me, it's the relationship and the trust piece that's really important and that sets the foundation for then, you, you know, you can engage with everyone, setting clear expectations making sure that there's clarity on what the goals are that we have to achieve and you know who's accountable for what mm -hmm. and then helping them to succeed but not staying in their way empowering them to get their jobs done and knowing they can always reach out it's a safe space nobody's going to judge you if you have questions yeah. i'd rather hear about where something's not going the right way rather than waiting until things have really gone down the pike <laughs> and it's going to be hard to course correct right right um so I learned, I didn't know this before about mm -hmm. you, that your background is in science. Yes. That you have a, a chemistry yes. degree. Um, I'm curious, we talk a lot about, in our, in our women's council, we talk a lot about what it's like to be a woman in a STEM field. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering um, about your experience being a woman in, a, in chemistry, how you, if you ever felt singled out or uncomfortable or, or different in any way. Early in, the career, in my career, so you know, it's many, many years ago, there weren't that many women in, you know, so I started out in product development and there weren't that many women in the labs creating the products and, you know, in the manufacturing facilities, scaling up, you know, test products. But there was actually one woman who led one of our research centers. So she was a trailblazer in her own right, you know, back then. But I have to tell you at my current company, you know, we're, we're, all of our innovation centers are led by women. Oh, that's great. And there's a very high oh. percentage of women at our company, you know, in leadership roles, you know, all the way up to executive vice presidents, presidents of regions. So, so it's really a wonderful place to work because you have that role modeling and you can aspire to move to much more senior levels just based on the fact that, you know, women, it, it's a women founded company. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, there, there's really that culture of elevating and promoting women. That's amazing. Did you brought up something I wanted to ask mm -hmm. about, which was, um, have you had a mentor at work 
that you that has helped you. You know, we love to talk about mentorship because of what yeah. the Women's <laughs> Council's mission. Yeah. And actually, it's very interesting that you were actually one of the protégés in our program. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you're the only one that has actually gone from protégé to, to mentor. mentor. Yes, that's um, right. So I just I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about your experience with mentorship yeah. in your job. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had mentors all throughout my career, and starting with the first boss I had when I was at Nestle in product development, and he really showed me the ropes of how to work in a corporate environment, because I, you know, I had just come out of my undergrad, I just migrated from Jamaica, I didn't know the corporate culture here in the U.S. There's a learning curve and there, that. There was yeah. a steep learning curve. Um, so he took me under his wing, and he, you know, he told me how to navigate, you know, what were the protocols. He also, you know, told me life lessons, like, as soon as you can buy a small apartment, buy mm -hmm. it, you know, then you can sell it, and you can buy a house, and you can keep going. So, so it was great. I mean, and to this day, we're still connected because, you know, it was such an important part of my life here in the U.S., but throughout my career, I've had multiple mentors, and they've sometimes put me in uncomfortable positions mm. <laughs> to take on assignments that I ended up loving. So one of them, for example, when I was with American Express, I was taken off for a year from my role leading in the customer care function to, to lead a, it was a leadership program for aspiring leaders. And it was like a one-year immersion where it was simulated exercises and interview prep and it, it was, I just had such a great time. Yeah, and I think that cool. kind of helped me to say, hmm, maybe this is something I want to pursue later on in life. And then, you know, I'm a mentor at work, as, as you mentioned. I'm a mentor with Women Unlimited, but then I'm a mentor here. <laughs> and when I became a mentee, I remember kidding that I was going to be the oldest mentee. <laughs> but I thought, you know what, what a nice way to connect to other women and to get to know more about writer and it just has been fabulous, which is why I wanted to give back and become a mentor once I graduated. That's great, and we're so glad you decided you. To, you. to be a part of the it. program <laughs> because you've become such a great part of it. And you still are in contact, you said just later today, you're having a meeting with your with mentor, my mentor from our program. From, from the program, yes. We talk maybe once every one or two months. You know, we've become more friends now than mentor-mentee, yeah. but yeah. It, it's really cool. And, and she also shaped my direction in terms of executive coaching because she's an mm. executive coach. And so it was wonderful to you know just hear her perspective and have her tell me about the ropes of being an executive coach. Yeah, that's great. It's a great connection to have. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing that you learned from her as well. Yes, definitely, and yeah. still learning. Yeah. And yeah, that's the sure. best kind of mentor relationship that we want to have is yeah. that it's mutual. You exactly. Learn from each other, and yeah. um, so we're going to come right back in a few minutes with some more questions. This is 1077 The Bronx, 1077 thebronkcom that was Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with Take the Reins, underwritten by the Beer and Bomb Women's Leadership Council. We'll be right back after a short break. Take the Reins on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council at Ryder University. For more than a century, women have fought for their seat at the table. Ryder University has a long history of uplifting women, opening its doors to women at its founding in 1865. Ryder University, along with the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council, continues to encourage women to shatter glass ceilings and provide the tools to excel in a competitive world. The council connects outstanding Ryder scholars with professional women who have excelled in their fields, creating a space for women to network and 
build their leadership skills through workshops, philanthropy, and mentorship. Since its inception, the council has mentored over 250 Rider students and has raised over $1.5 million in scholarships and programming funds, empowering students to find success beyond Rider. The council aims to create a strong, multi-generational community of Rider women to make a greater tomorrow. For information about the council or how you can get involved, follow Rider WLC on Facebook and Instagram or visit rider.edu slash women's leadership. We're back with Take the Reins, underwritten by the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council. Here's co-hosts Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with more insight. Welcome back. This is 1077 The Bronx, 1077 thebronkcom and you are listening to Take the Reins. Today, we're talking to Andrea McLean about her career path and pursuing her passion in professional and executive coaching. So, Andrea, tell us a little bit about how you became a coach, how that interest was ignited, and how you sort of kicked off that part of your life and your career. Absolutely. I'm happy to tell you that. (laughs) Uh, I guess I've coached throughout my whole career, but I didn't know it was coaching. I I thought it was more mentoring. Yeah. Uh, But now that I look back, some of it was coaching because I got people to think differently about what they wanted to pursue or, you know, career-wise, et cetera. But it just was from helping others. And then when I started the, the master's at, at Rider, I saw that there was a life coaching certificate. And I thought, oh, maybe that is what I want to do. And that really was, for me, the pivotal point, coming to Rider and being part of that program that kind of cemented everything I had been doing all those years, but just formalized it. Right. And, and having my mentor, who is an executive coach as well, as part of the GBWLC program, that was just the icing on the cake. So, so that's where things, probably about five years ago now, it, it all started to come together. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and when a professional comes to you, mm-hmm. how do you generally work with them? Huh? What's your, what are sort of the first steps you take? So it kind of depends on how they come to me. Uh, if, if it's somebody who I don't know, usually there's like an intake conversation, you know, just to make sure that there's a good fit. Because, right. you know, there are multiple coaches and not every coach and coachee necessarily might click. Mm-hmm. So, so just making sure we can work together. And then for some people, it's one session, one mm-hmm. conversation and they're set. Yeah. And then, you know, for others, maybe there's three or six conversations or sessions and, you know, with some homework in between. Um, but they can find me on my website you know, to sign up to do a coaching session. Sometimes it's a referral. And, you know, for the ones that I do at work, which are not paid coaching, but, you know, I do coach at work. Those are people who are in programs to develop their leadership as women. And they're they're kind of assigned to me, so to speak. Yeah. How would you say that coaching is different from mentoring? There's actually a difference between coaching and mentoring. So with coaching, it's more about helping the person to look internally yeah. To figure out the answer. So the coachy actually does most of the work mm. in, in the coaching relationship. And there's a saying that we have the answers inside of us. We sometimes just need somebody to help draw it out. Right. And that's the job of the coach. Getting the coachy to think differently, you know, just have a different uh, perspective and, and have a kind of like an aha moment that might transform their life. Whereas mentoring, mentoring, not that there might be some elements of coaching and mentoring, but mentoring is more about giving the guidance, sharing your experience. Here's what I've done. What do you think about doing this? Mm-hmm. Versus with coaching, you would be asking the coachee, what do you think about 
trying other approaches and have mm-hmm. them come up with some suggestions rather than telling them this is what you should be doing. Right. Right. Now, you've had several projects related to coaching and in particular helping young girls to achieve their dreams, which is incredible, and, and reach their potential. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about your, your book, Girl, What Do You See, and how it came to be? Yes. <laughs> and I have it here. I was showing it to Erin. Um, actually, when I talked to my mentor when I started here at GBWLC, she asked me, what are some of the things you want to do? And I said, you know, I want to write a book. And I have the title in my head. And she's like, what is it? And I said, girl, what do you see? And I thought it was going to be not a more of an illustrated younger girl's book. I thought it was going to be more of an older, you know, young woman book. Mm-hmm. But I got inspired to write it as a, as a younger, you know, um, od- for a younger audience. And it, it's really about helping young women to find the courage to pursue what they're passionate about. So in this story, she's being told that she's great at the sciences and that she should go to medical school, but she has this passion for cooking, which unfolds, and she decides she's going to go to culinary school. So, so it's really about really empowering girls mm-hmm. to figure out what is it that's really true to them. Because there are a lot of voices that come at us, whether we're younger or older (laughs) girls, right? And it's about just being able to to kind of sift through through that and determine what is it that I really would want to do. Yeah. Do you find that in working with um, young women Mm -hmm. as a mentor in uh, in the Women's Leadership Council, and then also thinking about young girls Mm -hmm. like your book addresses, that they face some of the same challenges in trying to find themselves and figure out what's going to bring them happiness in terms of their life or professional life. Absolutely. And it doesn't stop at the women who are in college in GVWLC. For sure. You know, I coach women who are mid-career and still trying to figure out sometimes what is it that I really want to do because I've been doing this for so many years, but it's, I feel like there's more. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, it's, I was talking to a colleague yesterday and she mentioned that there's this term called a portfolio life, mm. which is about different points in your life. You might take on different assignments or roles. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really even starting with the younger girls through college, through mature women, that it's that approach of stepping back and trying to figure out, you know, how do I transition? What is it that I want to move to next? Yeah. And I know when I was reading your bio and reading a little bit more about you, that you talk a little bit about mindful listening. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you said that this helps women build confidence. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about the mindful listening? Because it's really an interesting concept. Yeah. And and I think it's about, you know, again, listening to how we talk to ourselves Mm -hmm. is part of that mindfulness. And you know, many times we're not real positive in how we talk to ourselves as women. I'm not, you know, not saying men mightn't do it, but, you know, specifically since I'm on the topic of coaching women. Yes. And and if we stop to think about how we talk to ourselves and then mindfully say, is that true? You know, is there a different way I need to think about this? Yes. Then that can help us to really shift Mm-hmm. And, and make a change in, in, you know, how we're pursuing whether, you know, a path or, 
or a project or even a situation that mm -hmm. we're dealing with because we tend to beat ourselves up a lot sometimes. And so, you know, mindfully listening to how we're communicating with ourselves right. um, is one thing. And then there are a lot of voices, a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. voices entering into our space in our lives. And so there's some mindful listening there also evaluating, okay, is that, is that, is there any truth? Should I really, you know, get something out of what was said? If there's something that we can get, then yes, grab it and move on. But if really you can't find the silver lining in what's being said or a message there, mm -hmm. then we've also got to listen carefully and know when it's got to go in one ear and out the mm -hmm. other. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a tendency to think, well, my thoughts are my thoughts. That's just how my mind works, you know, and you're yeah. shaking your head no, no. because... Mm -hmm. You have control over you it. You have control over your thought pattern, but it has to do with the self-talk mm -hmm. yes. and changing it from negative self-talk to positive self-talk because we've we've just been trained yeah. Yeah. to talk negatively to ourselves. You yeah. know, you, you look in the mirror in the morning and, oh, my hair doesn't look good. <laughs> you know, my, my, <laughs> my, my, I have a pimple on my face. Oh, it's going to ruin my day. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't take much <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's just turning around and saying, you know what, despite the pimple, I'm going to have the best day today. Yeah. I'm going to go into that meeting. I'm going to go into that classroom to present and I'm going to do my best. And that that's really all we want to do is be our best, not yeah. compare ourselves to somebody else, but just be our best self. Yeah. Right. We, kind of quiet that self-doubt yeah. that yes. we all have yeah. And, yeah. and train yourself. To Women think can be really hard on themselves. Yes. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, li I really like that idea mm -hmm. of the mindful listening. Mm -hmm. I'm curious a little bit about just you said... Well, I wanted to write a book. Uh -huh. um, what is it that made you have that dream? Are you a big reader? Were you just thinking that you wanted to share your message? I think so. I've always tended to read self-help, mm. motivational for the most part. I think I, I read probably five or six books on Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so it was, that was always something that was fun for me to do. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I, you know... My daughter is now a young adult woman, but when she was going through middle school and high school, and we had just moved across country to mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, and just seeing the struggles she was going through in middle school, and just how people, you know, in her circle, in her classroom, didn't accept her in, you know, yeah. it's mm -hmm. hard to find somebody to eat lunch with at lunchtime when you're new in a situation. So I, I, I felt like there was a message I could give to others who might be facing similar challenges. And again, it's about helping girls to become their best self and kind of empower, empowering them to soar, which, yeah. is, which is the title of my other book that you're probably going to get into, but really helping them to soar. Great. We are going to get into <laughs> some of your other books that you've written and other mm -hmm. projects you've undertaken. We'll be right back with more. This is 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. That was Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with Take the Reins, underwritten by the Beer and Bomb Women's Leadership Council. We'll be right back after a short break.
Take the Reins on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by the Gail Birnbaum Women's Leadership Council at Ryder University. For more than a century, women have fought for their seat at the table. Ryder University has a long history of uplifting women, opening its doors to women at its founding in 1865. Ryder University, along with the Gail Birnbaum Women's Leadership Council, continues to encourage women to shatter glass ceilings and provide the tools to excel in a competitive world. The council connects outstanding Ryder scholars with professional women who have excelled in their fields, creating a space for women to network and build their leadership skills through workshops, philanthropy, and mentorship. Since its inception, the council has mentored over 250 Ryder students and has raised over $1.5 million in scholarships and programming funds, empowering students to find success beyond Ryder. The council aims to create a strong, multi-generational community of Ryder women to make a greater tomorrow. For information about the council or how you can get involved, follow Ryder WLC on Facebook and Instagram or visit ryder.edu slash women's leadership. We're back with Take the Reins, underwritten by the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council. Here's co-hosts Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with more insight. Welcome back to Take the Reins. This is 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Today we're talking to Andrea McLean. Uh, we're going to move on to one of her other projects that she uh, wrote a book called Flap Your Way to Success, Flap being an acronym that we'll get into. Um, so this book addresses resilience, um, a topic we discuss with our students in the council often and really a hot topic these days, especially after pandemic and a lot of things that have happened in the last few years. So um, that's really my first question is what inspired you to write a book about overcoming adversities and resilience and tell us what flat means. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. What, what, let me start with what flat means. Okay. <laughs> flap it's face life's adversities and persevere your way to success. And the inspiration just came to me as like thinking about flapping your way to success. And then I thought, okay, like a bird yeah. or a butterfly flapping its wings. And then I'm like, okay, so how can I create this into an acronym? And that's yeah. how, you know, I, the process I took. And about the resilience, I, I just, I think over my life, I've gone through, you know, moving across multiple states in the U.S., moving from a different country, um, you know, just family events, um, the pandemic. I, and I've, I've always been told that I'm resilient, mm -hmm. that I'm very resilient. So... Um, which is a good compliment. Which is a good compliment. So I thought, are there lessons I could teach others? You know, can I share some of my experiences? So that was my inspiration to write Flap. Uh, you have a lot of great quotes in here that you pulled from other people and some mm -hmm. of your own as well. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of research did you do for this book? Some of, well, some of the research was, you know, talking to family and friends about challenges they had faced and how they bounced back. Some of it was you know, looking at like the Harvard Business Review for articles, for example, um, looking for scholarly articles in Google, with Google Scholar, uh, but you know, just also reading some books. And mm -hmm. one, one of the books that actually was introduced to me through the GBWLC a couple of years ago was You've Got This by Margie Worrell. Hmm. And so that was really just an inspirational book to read. And I thought, okay, I, I have a message in the same arena. So, you know, let me write a book as well. You had a nice quote in here that I liked, which is, um, resilience is a muscle you can build over time. Yeah, that is so true. And it, it's almost like working out at a gym. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time you go, you're not going to build that muscle that you're looking to build. But if you get exposed multiple times to the weights or, you know, the mm -hmm. exercise routine, 
then you'll build up the muscle. And it's the same thing with resilience. If, if, we're, if we're sitting in almost like a glass bowl and nothing in life happens to us, we're not going to be resilient because we won't have had to practice that muscle or, or exercise that muscle. Right. So it, it, it is built over time, but you've got to exercise it. And I actually came up with an acronym that I had created for resilience. And the R is recognize that every, the E, situation, the S, is leading, informing, and educating you to navigate challenging experiences in the future. Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. So it's really just, it's reframing your mind. Like take every opportunity, every challenge or obstacle that comes up to you and make it work for you. Learn from it. Learn from it. Like what can I learn from this? I mean, not everything you can learn something from, but but if there's something to be learned, learn it so that the next time you're you're better. And um, there's a woman, Karen Rovich, if I say her last name the right way, um, and she says, you can be a little resilient, a lot resilient, resilient in some situations, but not in others. So Mm. it's not all the time. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's a learned trait. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction to make. Um, we talk about that a lot with leadership, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think just like a leader is born, um, but it's really a skill you it's can learn. It's a skill you can learn, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Do you think, sorry, do you think students uh, today struggle more with mm-hmm. finding that resilience than past generations? You know, that's an interesting question. I think things are different today. I think when past generations, the resilience was more about life in general, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of getting on your own two feet and and figuring out what to do because maybe you were doing things your parents hadn't done before. Mm -hmm. And I think this generation not only has that, but they're dealing with social media Mm -hmm. and other pressures that weren't around in the previous generation. And part of what I think is impacting the resilience of this younger generation is a lack of connection. Because mm-hmm. personal connection is still needed. And, you know, it's a lot of being on the cell phone and I'm texting and I'm on social media, but that doesn't replace being in person. And relationships are what help you to sometimes survive some of these challenging situations and help you to build resilience. For sure. So I think, I think it's more difficult because we're in a different time. Yeah. And, and we don't have the connections in this younger generation that existed in previous generations. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think sometimes um, older generations get a little critical thinking that younger people aren't as resilient. And I think it's just what you said. They've had way more thrown at them. And it's uh, a completely different world. Totally different world. Yeah. Social Mm -hmm. media and all the things you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You started to touch on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to switch gears a bit and talk about taking risks Mm -hmm. um, because that is difficult topic um (laughs) but you're talking in your book Mm -hmm. um about having a life vision for yourself like really setting an intention Mm -hmm. writing it down Mm -hmm. having um a life goal a vision and i'm going to quote you for you said our life vision should take our breath away with its audacity right and i really like that like let's not be safe Mm -hmm. let's Mm -hmm. really set our sights high 
Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about taking risks. You mentioned a couple moves you've made, mm -hmm. and I believe in this book you talked about your move to California, California. and mm -hmm. how that came to be. Mm -hmm. um, could you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. And I you know, just want to mention that the quote came from a Harvard Business Review oh, okay. article that, um, I, you know, that I quoted here in the book. Um, but yeah, risk. Um, <laughs> One of the things with risk is that, that, that you know, I've always done is have a pros and cons sheet yeah. and figure out what are the pros of this, whatever, you know, decision, change, and what are the cons? Mm -hmm. And if the pros outweigh the cons, usually I'll take the risk, but I never go back and say, why did I do it? Mm. it you know, you got to decide and you just, you move ahead. And... Sometimes we think too small. And sometimes we think just based on what we know. So, you know, if you're in a, in a particular work environment and you might be thinking, oh, I just want to move up in this role or, you know, advance, but maybe there's something outside those doors, for example. So, so it's, it's really thinking, going back to what is it that I really, at this point in my life, would I like to do? What's piquing my interest? And then, you know, if you're as deliberative as I am, doing the pros and the cons mm -hmm. list, <laughs> and, then, and then moving ahead. You know, I mean, even going into the coaching, writing the books, you know, it's not like I had a roadmap. Yeah. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to put it out there. We'll see. Something might stick. It might not. But I'm going to take the risk and put myself out there. Right. I, I really admire that because when you. I was reading, um, <laughs> when I was reading your book, you were talking about. Um, I believe you had a young family at the time. Yeah, and you I had did. a really good work opportunity way across right. the country. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this, and I was like, I don't think I would have. Yeah, no. A lot of people have said, know? "Oh, we would never do that." Yeah, but, but, but it paid off for you. It paid off. Yeah. It gave me good experience so that I could get the the next role, mm -hmm. which was elevated. But it also made us have friends all across this yeah. country. Yeah. And I think that both of my kids are richer yeah. for the experience that they had. And, and to this day, my son actually, he's still tight with the guys he grew up with in South Florida in mm -hmm. middle school. Wow. And, you know, they celebrate weddings and get together, you know, and they're all scattered all over the U.S. now. So it's, it's really about... You know, it, it just builds your network. And sometimes you just have to take a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Would you provide any nuggets of advice to someone um, that was thinking about taking a risk but not sure? I know you mentioned mm -hmm. the pros and cons list, right. which is great. But mm -hmm. anything else to keep in mind if you feel like you're on the fence? I would say think about what this opportunity could mean for you down the road. Mm. Right. So I think if you put it in a bigger picture context, sure. then, then that might also help to influence the decision. Yes. You know, and, and is, are you going to learn something? Is it going to build your toolbox or your toolkit, so to speak? Right. If not, and it's just because, oh, you know, it sounds good, but it's not resonating internally. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm big on gut check as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't listen to our guts right. and we listen to what others are saying or we listen to, you know, oh, well, this is going to look good. But I think we have to listen to our gut ourselves because yeah. sometimes there's that little nudging that says, you know what, maybe this isn't the right time or the right opportunity, but another one will come down mm -hmm. the road that will put you in a better position. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about another one of Andrea's projects, and we will return with more 
1077 The Bronx, 1077 thebronkcom That was Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with Take the Reins, underwritten by the Beer and Bomb Women's Leadership Council. We'll be right back after a short break. Take the Reins on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council at Ryder University. For more than a century, women have fought for their seat at the table. Ryder University has a long history of uplifting women, opening its doors to women at its founding in 1865. Ryder University, along with the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council, continues to encourage women to shatter glass ceilings and provide the tools to excel in a competitive world. The council connects outstanding Ryder scholars with professional women who have excelled in their fields, creating a space for women to network and build their leadership skills through workshops, philanthropy, and mentorship. Since its inception, the council has mentored over 250 Ryder students and has raised over $1.5 million in scholarships and programming funds, empowering students to find success beyond Ryder. The council aims to create a strong, multi-generational community of Ryder women to make a greater tomorrow. For information about the council or how you can get involved, follow Ryder WLC on Facebook and Instagram or visit ryder.edu slash women's leadership. We're back with Take the Reins, underwritten by the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council. Here's co-host Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with more insight. Welcome back to Take the Reins. You're listening to 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. We are continuing our conversation with Andrea McLean, and we're going to move on to your most recent project, another book you wrote called Girls Can Soar, mm-hmm. 12 Life Habits. So let's start out by telling us a little bit about what the book is about and why you were inspired to write it. Absolutely. So this book is, it's targeted to middle, high school, you know, early college aged young women, but it could apply to all young women actually. And what inspired me to write the book, when I say 12 life habits, it's things like seeking out the right friends, speaking up for yourself, advocating for yourself, asking for help when you need to, appreciating your gifts and your talents. So it's, it's really about, and, and what I want out of this is to empower girls to step into their power, awaken their potential, and ignite the flame of belief within themselves. So that was my reason for writing the book. And it's, it's a book, but there are coaching questions at the end of every chapter that allow them to reflect, write their own answers, and you know really think about how can, how can I make the best life for myself and set myself up for success as I move towards being a young adult woman? That's great. Thank you. I'm, I'm curious, do you do coaching with young women as well? Like women maybe in high school or college that are either thinking, where do I go after high school or college age women who are thinking, what are my next steps in terms of career? Yeah, I've done coaching for a few women and, and you know, young women, teenagers in that mm-hmm. group, age group as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and actually one of my mentees, she called me her coach <laughs> a couple of years ago, and she said it really helped her as I coached her to come out of her comfort zone mm. and to become a young woman and step into the world. So I think it's about starting early yeah. and just changing that mindset to, you know, really believe in themselves and because the world's waiting for what they have to offer yeah Yeah. they they just have to believe that they have it to offer yeah that's great i really like the format of this too and your other book was like this as well um where there's the questions at the end so that you get 
it's really like your own little coach in a book because you get the good advice and then you get a chance to say, okay, how can I apply this to my life and, mm-hmm. and make yourself reflect, which we don't often do enough. Right, yeah, and, and what I also did, I have two companion online coaching courses for these books oh, great. in mm-hmm. case somebody wanted to go deeper. So I have like four more coaching questions per chapter and you know, there's an online workbook that they can fill out in the in the in the platform, and then at the end they can download the whole workbook to keep for themselves. Oh, that's great! Where do people find those if they're interested? Uh, if if they go to www.andreacmclean.com, okay, in the coaching or resources tab, you'll see how to enroll for that coaching course. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit Mm -hmm. about your writing process. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you enjoy writing? Do you find it a a challenge? How do you, when you're sitting down with a blank piece of paper, Mm -hmm. how do you get started? Okay. Well, I usually don't sit with a blank piece of paper. That's not where I start. (laughs) Um, but, But honestly, when I was in high school and I took a class, it was English literature composition was what it was called at the time. And it was not my favorite class. <laughs> and we used to have to write essays. And I always would write practical things, which is why I think the coaching fits in. You know, there were co- friends I had who could write these amazing stories about once upon a time, <laughs> and I, I, that was never me. So writing, I never thought was my thing. I mean, I, I did pass the class, but it wasn't <laughs> my thing. Um, but um, when I was doing my master's, one of my professors we had like a summer chat and she said, you know, Andrea, I think you like to write. (laughs) And it was the first time somebody had said that to me and I'm like, you know, hmm, it kind of sparked something inside. And so my writing processes, I'll usually just get an inspiration. It tends to be like I'm brushing my teeth (laughs) or in the shower. And I'll get an inspiration saying, oh, you know, that story, that could help somebody. Here's how you could frame it. So I usually start out with like my chapter headings as the outline. And then as I get these inspirations, I kind of slip them into the chapters mm-hmm. and then I start to write and build on it. So that's my process. Yeah, almost like an outline. It's and like then, an outline and yeah. then I build, yeah. What other topics are you interested in? Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you're thinking about writing or coaching? It's interesting you ask that. I actually have two manuscripts written for oh, children's book. Um, involving animals <laughs> um, and one of them is the first one is about an unlikely friendship between these two dogs but I haven't done anything with it yet because yeah. you know I've got to illustrate it and I want to try to do it you know in a good way so one of these days I'll get to <laughs> it. <laughs> and what advice would you give to college-age women mm-hmm that are thinking about career coaching or thinking about getting into a career Co- that that's, would be coaching? coaching. A couple things. I would say get some experience under your belt Yeah. because I think it's gonna be hard to coach if you've not sat in the shoes and people are just gonna not think you have the experience. Right. I would say get your certification, do the, do the formal training. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there right now on the internet saying that they're coaches and maybe they have business experience and other experience, but they, they don't have the coach training. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of muddying the waters a little bit for the coaching profession. So I would say, you know, get your coach training and just be a continuous learner. Mm. Because, you know, 
even though I've done three certifications, I'm working on another one now because I, you know, I want to make sure that what I do, I'm good at my craft. Yes. And so that's the advice I would give them yes. is whatever it is, coaching or whatever, be good at your craft, be, be great at it, be the best you can be, because then that way you can build a solid reputation, and a brand for yourself. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. We have a few more minutes here. And what we like to do at the end is some fun questions. Mm -hmm. um, this was inspired by uh, Inside the Actors Studio. I don't know if you mm, remember that yes. show where uh, and he would ask some fun and silly yes. questions at the end of every one. <laughs> so first, Andrea, our first question mm -hmm. is, what is your non-negotiable? My non-negotiable? Hmm. When we asked uh, one of our old mentors this, she said breakfast. <laughs> no. My answer was kindness and, and yeah, manners. Um, like Non-negotiable, mm. I think it's respect. Yeah. Mm. That's Treating a good people one. with respect. Yeah. That's a really good yeah, one. It, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're walking in the building, you see the janitor, say good morning. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's respect. That, that for me, that's is a great non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. Are you reading anything right now? Am I reading anything? Well, I just finished reading Breaking Through by Sally Sussman. Mm -hmm. And she works for Pfizer. She's their executive vice president of communications. And she was very involved in the whole um, vaccine mm -hmm. effort. And so it's an amazing book about her journey through that. And, and so I just finished that book. That's great. I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. writing that down too. Uh, who would you like to have dinner with? Dinner with? Alive or dead. Ah, uh, probably Oprah. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'd I'd love to just you know learn from her because she she's just is an amazing orator. She's created so much for the world in terms of her programming. So I would love to learn from her and talk about resilience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah she mm -hmm. went through a lot. lot. Ex very yeah. resilient yeah. person. So yeah. it's very inspirational. If you weren't in the job that you're in now, mm -hmm. what would you be doing? Do you have a dream profession, like a zoologist or? <laughs> a dream profession? Well, I, I kind of think I'm getting into yeah, my yeah, dream profession with coaching. Say that. I think you're so, already doing I, it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. On the other side of that, mm -hmm. what job would you least like to do? Uh, hmm. I'm not sure I would want to work in, uh, what do you call that? The the tower at the airport. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pressure. Um, the traffic, air traffic control yeah. tower. That seems like a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Actually, yeah. I read years ago that that job has more pressure than a customer service agent. Oh, and that's yeah. bad. So, yeah, yeah. I would not want to do that yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. I have one more question mm -hmm. that I heard someone ask recently, which I think is a great question for you. If you could go back and talk to, say, your 12-year-old mm. self, what advice would you give her? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say don't worry about things so much mm -hmm. that it will be a journey, but the pieces will all come together. Yeah. Because I'm finding now that things that I did years ago, it's the pieces are coming together now. But at the time, I thought, oh, this isn't working. Right. Why am I doing this? You know, you get frustrated at times. So I would have told myself, just chill. It's yeah, all yeah. going to work out. Yeah. That's <laughs> very good that. advice. I love yeah. that. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here with you, Kim and Erin. It's been so fun talking to you. Please uh, check out Andrea's books and her website for more information. And thanks for joining us on Take the Reins. This is 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. That was co-host Kim Barbaric and Aaron Barnard with Take the Reins. Join the discussion next week, Sunday at 8 a.m. with the Gail Bierenbaum Women's Leadership Council, only on 1077 The Bronx.